Alright, so, this week on Elite Heat, we have a loaded episode, pal. We're gonna talk about Kurt Angle and everything that he means to this business and every single thing that he's done in this business. This is all about Kurt Angle. But first, we gotta talk about a, a, just a major breaking news story that made its waves around the wrestling business in the last week. And that's your favorite wrestler, Jimmy. Your favorite wrestler. Not Cody Rhodes. Not Seth Rollins when he cuts a good promo six months from now. But Roman Reigns, your favorite wrestler. The rumors are out there. The rumors are swirling around that Roman Reigns is indeed leaving for Hollywood. I mean, can you believe this? He's going to take even more time off as the, uh, the headline reads. So I'm going to go over to the headline here. Yeah, Roman Reigns will be working even less dates for WWE. I love that, that even less as he gets ready for, for the move to Hollywood. So now I know a lot of you are thinking, okay, Roman Reigns, he's the top star. He's a, the undisputed universal champion. You know, naturally you want to see him on TV more. No, we're not going to see him any more than we've already seen him. We're going to see him less. He, he took, what, six weeks off of SmackDown? And then he's here on SmackDown, so what, he's going to take like 10 weeks off? 12, 14 weeks. Me personally, I don't have a problem with this. I, I know you disagree, and I'm and I'm ready for you to go with, to go at it. I don't have a problem personally. It makes Roman Reigns that much more must see when we do get to see him. Boxers, UFC fighters, they don't defend their championship every week, every month, every two months. They fight like like every six months. That that's what big stars do. You're keeping a big star like Roman Fresh, and I'm gonna throw back to back in like. 2021 i'd say like mid 2021 late 2021 the the hate already was there like the tiredness the the fatigue of the roman reigns character like it's the same thing every week it's just roman saying acknowledge me to cesaro and and to finn balor and to edge and and that was already circulating so now you like you wanted less of him now you're getting less of him and now i guess some people are upset about this like i said i don't have a problem with it roman when he does wrestle it's going to be big time. Um, presuming he's going to be champion for at least another year. That's like pretty much factored in. I, I don't even know if Cody's going to win the title at this point. <laughs> oh, no. that, that's a whole oh, no. different conversation, though. This is just about him taking less time off. What, what do you have to more say about this? More time off. Yeah, more time. Yes, working less days. Sorry. So what do you have to say about this, Jimmy? What, what's your just your most savage, ruthless, vicious, vile degrading, brutally honest thoughts on this headline. There's lots of digest there. You've said a lot. Um, I'll start by saying this isn't MMA. This isn't boxing. I understand where you're coming from with that. That, you know, the, the champion fights and the champion appears less. It's special. I get it. But Kevin, this is double degree. This is a 24-7 content machine. And when the guy with both titles, the face never shows up, and I say never quite literally now. Like if we had six weeks without Roman appearing and this report, as you've beautifully read out, Kevin, very, very nicely read out, as you've said, going to be more time off. Oh, oh, oh. so Joanna Wise is going to be singing home with his five children and two title belts sat across his you know, dining room table. Like yes. as meanwhile, Cody in the, the height of starting, like the, the, the biggest peak he'll ever get in 2023. Yeah. He's not going to win the title, Roman. It's just Roman, pal. And Kevin, what I will say is this. You say this whole thing about, and in 2021, you guys, I love how you use that title, you guys were saying that 
Roman's getting stale and acknowledge me this, acknowledge me that. The same promo. I take that point as well. I understand, Kevin. But the thing with Roman now is you can have him show up each week. Yes, he'll do the San Antonio. Acknowledge me at the start of a promo. Cool. But from there, there's so much more you can do with Roman now if he actually would show up. You can have him literally just mock the roster. And it can become the point where it's literally an arrogant douchebag, which would be very entertaining. Just him being like, who's Adam Pearce want me to face? Who doesn't want me to beat this time, huh? Bobby Lashley, huh? This bum? He couldn't even get a WrestleMania match and you're facing the Tribal Chief? Like, what? You know, it could be, that would be fun. If Roman became, like, he's showing up each week and he just got so arrogant and such a dickhead. And he's just like, bro, this is a joke. You'd prefer that for someone with both titles, Kevin, in the face of the E and all this, than someone sitting at home in Pensacola, Florida, feeding the twins who are two and the other kids who are like four and five, as he's got both titles thrown somewhere in the garage, just collecting dust. And, he, you know, like, it's nonsense. Kevin, I, I personally don't see how you can have the perspective that this is a good thing. This report is a benefit to WWE, is a benefit to the product. WWE will continue rolling over because, especially on SmackDown, it's a well-oiled machine. Thanks to Papa Levesque, pal, your boy Paul, who loves copyright striking your videos. But it shouldn't just be Cody and, and Co. having to carry the load without the titles, without Roman. It's, it's not fair on the rest of them. And when, when Roman shows up now, Kevin, what's your anticipation like for this Reigns and Sokoa versus Usos match? Because okay, what, you, what you just said here... Oh, well, it's better when Roman you know, hardly shows up. Makes it feel more important. Why are you that hyped for this match? Kevin, are you desperate? Have you got popcorn, chips, yep. dip? Yep. Are you, you know, flying the flag? John Wise wrestling at Night of Champions. Woo! Yeah, I'm, going, cool? I'm going door to door in my neighborhood. And I'm like, hey, guys, I got chicken wings. I got chips. I got beer. Roman Reigns is going to wrestle. Come on over. Yeah, like you're not even doing that. So that's hypocritical of you saying, oh, it means more now that he's... Not really. You're like, no, you're I mean, not flying I, the flag. Kevin, I'm not having KFC, like, zinger box parties when Roman Reigns is wrestling now. I'm hardly freaking out. Like, just, if it's going to be like this now, like, the match will be good at Night of Champions with this tag thing. It'll be a bit interesting. But is it worth him not showing up for six weeks, missing backlash, then showing up, scolding the Usos, as we both said would happen, yeah. and now they're having... Like, what are your thoughts, Kevin? I've talked a bit here. What do you think? I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a benefit. That that seems like the wrong word. It's not a benefit to WWE, but I just don't have a problem with it. You know? Okay. Like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Like, yeah, Roman Reigns, sit home less. Like, I'm not going to be like that. I mean, I'm not even really a big Roman Reigns fan as it is. You know that. I'm not. <laughs> you're, you're apparently a bigger fan than me. I, yeah. I, I guess. But, you know, sure. Uh, I'm not that big of a Roman Reigns fan. Uh, I never really have been. Um, you know, for the Shield, my guy's always been Seth Rollins, so I would say I'm more of a Seth Rollins guy at this point. Um, yeah, yeah Seth well, Rollins. I, I have Seth Rollins. I know, we'll get it that way. We'll get it he's that going to Hollywood, too. He's leaving us, pal. Great. Yeah, he's going to be in Captain America. Isn't that great? Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, they're all going to Hollywood. Uh, who's going to be running WWE now? We're going to have Braun Breaker barking for the next 12 and a half years. <laughs> Cody's going to Hollywood. Yeah, there were, yeah, were rumors. I don't. It's not news or anything, I guess. But there were rumors that he's like he's going to use his WWE platform to get auditions in Hollywood. That's fair. I mean, there, there was that Kevin. There was that reality show which we watched every episode of Roads in the Family or whatever it was called. Roads to the we top. Were, 
Yeah, roast the top. We were glued to our television screens. We were just, you know, eating popcorn. There, it's like eleven p.m. You're watching, you know, TNT or TBS. You're just like, oh my god, roast the top. You're, you're telling your whole family, roast the tops on. Brandy's Brandy's feeding the pets. Cody is addressing his mixed race baby. Thank you. Shush. I'm watching Rose to the Top. Oh my God, QT Marshall's on my screen. That was you, Kevin. Yeah, I had the rice and beans out, the platanos, you know, the empanadas, <laughs> the, 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 the pulled pork, you know, the, the, the horchata, the coronas, the, the, I, I the tacos. I don't know those foods are. That's what makes this so much funnier. Yeah, I had the pasteles <laughs> out there, you know. I, I was chowing down, watching oh, Cody Rhodes just make calls to, to wrestlers that were auditioning for AEW. You know, oh, listen to Cody just in his room, in his office, just like, hey, guys, uh, yeah, sorry, um, you're not going to make the cut. We're going to go with another wrestler for AEW Dark. I mean, just yeah. riveting, captivating television. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, pal, is there yeah. any, any final words that you have to say? Anything you want to say personally to Joe and Noai before we move on? Well, I just want to say, just to put a bow on this, this week's edition of, you know, Jimmy and Kevin give our thoughts on Roman. Um... <laughs> It's been a while. I saw, I've seen reports as well that now it's, yeah, the WrestleMania 40 main event plans, Cody versus Roman, and that there potentially are thoughts and ro- rumors and murmurings that Reigns will hold the titles yes. beyond WrestleMania 40. Yes. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking Yes. Like, yes. If Roman beats Cody at WrestleMania 40, I will get a Roman Reigns shirt. Stop it. No. Yeah. Kevin, that's not even best for business. That, that's yeah. best for Joe. That's hardly even good for Joe and I. I said this yeah. at WrestleMania 39, Kevin. WrestleMania 39, we're not getting into that full debate about the ending again. We've done that like for hours and hours. But I said that win did nothing for Roman's legacy. It didn't. Kevin, imagine WrestleMania 40 and the show ends. There's this big show in Philadelphia. Yep. You know, two nights, 90,000 people there both nights. Epic WrestleMania events. Correct. And the show ends. Two belts. Paul Heyman's there, just like my tribal chief. I'm about four years into the run. That sounds beautiful. And 90,000 people in Philadelphia are going to acknowledge him before he goes to Hollywood. Do you want what's best for WWE? You trying to troll me? You know, you know what he should do. In all honesty, this is what Roman Reigns should do on live television. But when he's ready to go to Hollywood, he should just come out and say, "I'm retiring these titles." WWE has to make two new championships. I'm retiring them. Nobody can beat me. Nobody's worthy of me, of beating me. You know what they do? You know what they do? They announce a tournament and they have like Fogel or Seth Rollins for like the Universal Title. That's what Triple H would do. There you go. Yeah. I don't know, but no, that that realistically, knowing WWE, I can picture that. Like the whole reign ends. Who's going to dethrone Roman? Three years of YouTubers like myself. Who will dethrone the Tribal Chief? And Reigns just comes out, goes, "No, it's me. I'm off." Samoa, he just drops the titles. I'm done. I vacate him. He like spits on both of them and just like walks off and goes to Hollywood. Yeah, and then, then like three months later, we get Roman Reigns dancing as the Tooth Fairy for like the you know eight figure pay. The ratings, the ratings, pal. Joanna Y dancing with Susan G. Komen women. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, on that, that's all I have to say, Kevin. Anything else? Any news? Any tea you want to go into before we get to Perk Angle or? Uh, do you want to talk about CM Punk or the AEW collision or anything like that? Uh, sure, we can touch on that. We haven't really addressed this much in the last month. Kevin, yeah. do you want to, I guess, hit us with what's happening, where things are at, and then we can have a little discussion from there. So Tony Khan announced that AEW collision will be June 17th, I believe. Uh, someone can fact check me later on. And uh, that's going to be the, pre- the premiere episode. And apparently, 
I guess for the announcement, CM Punk was supposed to be there, according to Dave Meltzer. Yeah. And now Dave Meltzer's saying that CM Punk's taking advantage of Tony Khan and, you know, that that rumor's swirling around. Like, But it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would Punk be there for the announcement? Like, why wouldn't he... Why wouldn't they save him for the first episode? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't he do his return? It's like, I guess yeah. maybe a surprise. But I also understand the point. Like, he's already a contracted wrestler. They don't really need to have a surprise. Yeah. But that's like AEW style. That's what they do. They they do surprises. Uh, it's going to be in the United Center. It's going to be in Chicago. So, I don't know. I mean, you don't need you don't really need to announce them to sell it out. I don't know. It's really a, a messy situation. Well, Kevin, I'll ask you this question. This, this is a generally a broad question, but I'll ask it and then we can break down a little bit before we move to the bio. Where is AEW at in 2023? Because... Their ratings week to week, just we'll look at that. It's around what they're barely getting over 800,000 now. They yeah. Tony Khan announcements getting above 900. So, general week to week TV interest isn't great. Like, it's okay. It's not great. Um, MJF's, champion, yeah. MJF's champion, we've discussed that. You know, he, I think he's great, but you know, they've got some pillars storylines and there's that. This all in show is a big deal and it's a really big thing for AW. I view it as it's like a UK novelty. That's something you'll just go to. Like if I lived in the UK, I'd go to it regardless of my AW interest just to be a part of this 80, 90,000 person stadium event. That's my stance. Um, so I think that that's really cool they're doing that. And then there's this CM Punk thing, which ties it all back together. CM Punk is obviously the big name AW have had. He's the biggest attraction they've had generally. Um, behind the scenes, a lot comes with Phil Brooks. It just does, especially when he's like 45 and... His patience is like a thread. 12 years ago when he was in WWE, he was more tolerant. Like granted, he'd still get, you know, he'd yell at writers backstage and he'd be, be, be a bit of a dick from all reports and we just know that. But now, Kevin, you say one thing that even annoys him a little bit. He's just, you know, Instagram stories. He's, you know, venting about this publicly. And my whole point, Kevin, here, I'll throw this to you in a moment. Where do you view AEW at as of the moment? Where are they at? And CM Punk, does he, you know, have much of? I don't know, does he do too much for you? Does he make you go, "I need to watch this. I must watch this going forward"? Where are you at now? Well, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. I I think that's like that would be more intriguing compared to Dynamite. You know, the whole CM Punk show. Like that feels like that'll be more of like a traditional entertainment, sports yeah. entertainment slash like pro wrestling show, where like Dynamite is kind of more of like the indie lovers and the you're into the flippy stuff and the alternative where AEW is more it'll be more wwe light for lack of a better term um so i you know i'll be intrigued from that standpoint and as far as where AEW's at i mean they, they're gonna sell eight whatever eighty thousand tickets for all in so they're doing fine uh their video game's about to drop i don't know if that's gonna make a lot of noise oh, yeah really yeah, it's apparently coming out, I think, June 27th or 29th or something is the date. Yeah, it's available now. You could, you could pre-download it on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, I, I think they... I don't want to say they've given up on the video game, but the hype has definitely died, just considering we've waited five years for it at this point. Uh, which is fine, like, you know, but they didn't tell us anything aside from, like, a trailer three years ago in the middle of the pandemic. You know, other than that, it's just like, okay... So, we'll see what that does. I don't think that's going to be the big needle mover that they thought it was. They're probably going to wind up losing a ton of money on that. And they're, I mean, they're going to get a big TV deal. If you believe the rumors, they're going to get like a north of a billion dollar TV deal from Warner Brothers. So, AEW is doing fine. AEW is going to be around for a long time. 
uh, they're a pillar of TBS. Um, like, like essentially, what they did was they just they swapped out. They put the NHL on the TNT slot where AEW was, and then they moved uh, AEW to TBS, which they already have the MLB on there, and the MLB has been on there for years. So, I wouldn't say it's a lateral movement like a lot of people thought it was. Um, overall, for my interest, AEW doesn't really do it for me, and it hasn't done it for a long, long time. It, there's just nothing on the show that really... Even when Punk was around, week in and week out, there's nothing on the show that grabs me, that makes me want to tune in um, consistently. Like, I'll watch... I, I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I watched Dynamite. I've watched Raw and SmackDown definitely a lot more than I've watched Dynamite. I couldn't tell you, honestly, when the last time I watched Dynamite. Like, to be fully transparent, I mean, I've watched clips here and there, but... Yeah. It, I mean, I remember it was like appointment viewing for the first year. You know, I've watched Dynamite like crazy. It, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll bring part that there. We'll, I think in coming weeks and months, we'll have a more in-depth, like a full conversation on this general sort of topic. But yeah, steampunk, collision, plenty happening behind the scenes, plenty going on, Tony Khan, all that. So to watch this space. Um, Kevin, anything else you want to touch on here or should we move to uh, Big Perk? No, let's talk about Perk Angle, pal. Yeah, Kevin... How do you want to do this? Because we haven't done a bio in a hot minute. Um, we've done plenty of these, as you guys know, and also on, on the podcasting platforms. If you want to take a listen to us on there, you know, Apple and Spotify and all them. You guys love the bios on there. Yeah. They get really good traction. They do. Um, Kevin, something you want to say? One day I'm going to remember to plug the, the podcast at the beginning. One of these days. I've been telling myself i got to do it and I can't remember. Yeah, please listen on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn. Uh, you can just search Elite Heat. We should come up, most likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying to grow that platform. Trying to grow the YouTube as well. So yeah, we have a we have a pretty core listening base on YouTube, and we appreciate you guys. Yeah, hundred percent. And just furthering on that, our usual format for the bios, as I was alluding to, we generally go who either. You know, our overall opinion or like the legacy of the wrestler, we have a quick conversation, then we start to unpack more like a chronological timeline, just like the, the big moments and break things down. So, Kevin, I'll start by throwing to you, Code Angle, how do you view it? Like, when I say Code Angle, what, what do you think? What's the, the sort of the first thing that springs to mind with like the legacy of Code Angle? What do you reckon? Uh, I think that he's a legitimate athlete, as legitimate of an athlete as we've ever seen in WWE. I mean, of course, the Olympic gold medalist. Like, that's always the first thing that comes up for me. It's really what he's done is almost unparalleled. I don't think we're... I don't know. I don't want to say we'll never see someone, because we've seen Gable Stevenson, you know, we've seen um, Chad Gable have a moderation of success in WWE, but I don't think we'll see anyone have the level of success that Kurt Angle had in WWE transitioning from a legitimate amateur background. And he's the single most decorated amateur wrestler to ever step foot in WWE. It's not even close. Now, Ziggler was great. Cody Rose was great. Brock Lesnar, they were great. But Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, like he blows them all out of the water. Kurt Angle's had a, he's had a movie made about him and loosely based on his life and his coach. And I mean, he's done it all. You know, then the wrestler Kurt Angle, I think of, or the pro wrestler Kurt Angle, I think of great matches. You know, that, that's really, for me, that's his number one thing, I, I think. The legacy that he's left behind in terms of WWE and his TNA career. He's had, arguably, you could say Kurt Angle has the best catalog in the history of pro wrestling. When you just look back at, like, the sheer amount of great matches that he's had, 
he's up there with like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels at the very top of the list. I mean, he's done it all. Just countless WrestleMania classics. And he was only around for, what, like six years in WWE, realistically, at his peak. And he, he gave us WrestleMania classics, SummerSlam classics, just you name it. Royal Rumble classics. Guys done it all. What, what do you think, though? What, what, what do you think is uh, Kurt Angle's, like, I guess, defining uh, attribute or defining legacy that he has? Yeah, I'll say it like this. I view Kurt Angle as the complete pro wrestler. I think he had everything and he did everything well, which hardly anyone you can really say that about because when you look at the, the sort of Mount Rushmore, and we call it like the tier ones, the guys who are either the greatest of all time or on that similar elk, pretty much all of them have some sort of either flaw or thing that people kind of go, yeah, they were great, but, you know, you're, for instance, The Rock, people will say as great as he was, his wrestling wasn't great or like stuff like that. But with Kurt Angle, you mentioned the match catalog. That speaks for itself. And we'll discuss that over the coming you know, hour or how long this goes. I'll look at his promo work and his entertainment value with segments. He could do anything as far as an entertainer, which is, especially in the era he was in with the Attitude Era, ruthless aggression. He was working with some great talents and he put over great talents. Like he was phenomenal there. I'll look at you know the storylines he was involved in and just... I have such fond memories. Like when I watch Kurt Angle stuff, I'm like, this guy is just damn good at what he does, which is, it, it, it's good to watch that. And I don't know how you or any of the listeners infer when they watch like stuff from 20 years ago. I watch it and go, Kurt Angle and The Rock and Jericho or Austin, these like all time greats. They're just so good at wrestling. They're so good at this. And that's sort of how I basically speaking view Kurt Angle and we'll unpack more to it, but to me, he's just the complete talent. Um, we'll talk about like an all-time ranking and stuff later on. We'll get to that. But just generally, I view him as like the complete package. So that's where I'm at. That's my view on Kurt Angle. Like, he could just do everything. So, but What's your favorite Kurt Angle match? Oh, WrestleMania 21. Um, I watched this match in preparation for this. And I think the dynamic was just brilliant with Sean. And it didn't need to be super complicated, the whole thing. It was just, yeah, but here's a Raw guy. Here's a SmackDown guy. Everyone knows these are, like, the best on either brand, the best to do it. Let's have them have a match. It was simple. And, Kevin, even in the build, we got some hilarious segments. Kurt Angle singing Sexy Kurt. Stuff like that. That was 18 years ago. One of the most iconic, like, funny segments in wrestling in the modern era. That is hilarious. Like, I could perform that all for you, but I'm not going to torture you by making you hear me sing. Like, it was just great. And then you get to the match, and it's just like, you're watching it going, these two guys are just, I won't say, oh, it's close to perfect as you can get from, like, a the wrestling, in the ring, storytelling, understanding of, you know, moves, what move to do, how to work the crowd. They just got it to such a level where it was just, it's like a pleasure to watch almost. You know, there, there are great matches, then there's that match, which to me, that's a complete match. So. That's mine, Kevin. Angle Michaels, 21. Throw in the ball to your court, pal. What do you think? Hmm. You know, I, I want to say Angle and Shawn Michaels, too. But for the sake of, um, of this conversation, I'll go to my second favorite Kurt Angle match. That is from Vengeance 02. Triple threat match. Kurt Angle versus The Rock versus Undertaker. My favorite triple threat match of all time. Uh, it's really like the star power in that is incredible. You know, we didn't get a ton of Kurt Angle and Undertaker interactions. Um, the Rock and Kurt Angle had a pretty solid feud. 
But we, we didn't get to see them have, like, you know, they didn't have, like, a John Cena-Randy Orton-like rivalry, you know, where they just wrestle each other and wrestle each other. So I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was the rarity of it. I could go back and watch that match anytime. And it, it's, uh, it's good that you mentioned Kurt Angle's, like, his total package, that, that statistic about him. Because um, he's really, like, one of the funniest wrestlers ever. Honestly. Like, he... That, that's another thing, too, that he's going to leave with his legacy. It's just he could make anything funny. And he never was afraid to look like an idiot. He was never afraid to, like, I guess, hurt his ego or whatever. He always did what was best for the for the fans, honestly. Just the stuff, like, you think about the stuff that he was doing as, like, when he first came into WWE and he was, like, that um, that egotistical heel. And it was it was so bad, it was funny. Like, three eyes, and he was so obnoxious. Like, I'm your Olympic hero, don't boo me. Like, stuff like that. And then you see the evolution. He, he starts hanging out with Edge and Christian and all that comedy gold stuff that we got. The stuff with Stone Cold as a heel and Mr. McMahon and like Stephanie McMahon and Trish Stratus, all that stuff. And then it just it just kept going. Like the sexy Kurt segment that you mentioned. Even some of the stuff with Brock, where they're like doing push-ups, seeing who could do more push-ups, and like drinking milk. Like yeah. he always was so funny. And he was just like I guess a lot of wrestlers could learn from that. Because some wrestlers yeah. they're just from what you hear, they're just afraid to look like idiots or they're afraid to like yeah. show that they have real personality. So that that's a definitely a defining factor for me in Kurt Angle's legacy. And that was the thing with Kurt that made him so great because entertainment is so much of like this, you know. If we want, do want to be entertained, well, we just go watch, you know, two guys like just wrestling on the mat, or we just go watch amateur wrestling. But we want to be entertained. That's part of why we watch WWE, AEW, whatever wrestling you like to watch. So Kurt Angle had that package down pat perfectly. The legitimacy of an Olympic gold medalist with the entertainment value and the humor of someone who was just a master at it. He knew how to either, if he, if he needed to get hate, he could get hate. If he wanted to get you to laugh, he could get you to laugh. If he wanted to put over, look at John Cena as like a great example and some of the segments they did back and forth. There was one where, you know, Cena's the Dr. Thugonomics. He's like hip. He's cool. He, he's like the rapper. That's his thing. And Kurt Angle, this like, you know, you know cocky dickhead was like his character. You know, he's all arrogant. And then he just starts doing like a rap battle. He's got the referee beatboxing for him, a segment like that. And he does this funny, witty, like rap. Everyone's laughing. Your commentary is like genuinely like shoot laughing. They find it hilarious. It's just funny stuff. And that yeah. puts over Cena. That makes you go, oh my God, this is great. Like I actually want to see this, like what they're doing. This is funny. I like both guys. Stuff like that. So mine and Kurt Angle, yeah, it's that perfect blend of legitimate, credible, amazing wrestler in the ring. He gets it all. And then the entertainment side of things, great segments, comedic timing on point, funny, witty, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just a perfect blend. Of course. Uh, so now he won the WWF title from The Rock in 2000. And he held it, what, it was, I want to say he won in October. He held it until February at No Way Out. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you think of, like, you think of that first Kurt Angle run? Like, like yeah. it, just how impressive it was. Because he debuted what? He debuted in... Let's see. When did he make his WWE debut? He debuted what? It was Five Series 99, wasn't it? It was the very end of 99. He came at in. the exact time. He made his televised yep, WWF debut... November 99? November 14th, 1999. Five yep. Series. Okay, so... He debuts in November 99. 
and then he wins the WWF Championship at No Mercy. So that was in October. Yeah. So less than a year from his debut, he's already WWF Champion. And a lot of people say this, like, is that the single most impressive rookie year in wrestling history? And you think of some of the comparisons. Uh, a lot of people bring up <clears throat> Brock oh. Lesnar. They bring up Ronda Rousey. Uh, even AJ Styles is thrown in there. Uh, you know, I don't really count that. I mean, yeah, he had a rookie year in WWE. I mean, if you think of rookie years in WWE, yes, AJ Styles' rookie year was fantastic. But it's, I don't know. I guess it's fair. It counts. So Yeah. I mean, where, what do you think? About that, like I, I think Brock Lesnar is probably the most impressive. Brock Lesnar was yeah. an undisputed champion in like four months, but I mean Kurt Angle's is right up there, and it's certainly a very impressive debut and something that we don't see very often. Yeah, it's hard to compare. I think him and Brock are near enough tied on that same tier for like the like the greatest rookie year ever, I believe. Um, Brock, the way he came onto the scene, obviously his power, it was like it was almost like not shoved down his throat. That's terms I've used, but it was like like forced forward and you thought oh oh my god this guy's insane and as a viewer you go oh my god this guy like right this this look at look at him he was phenomenal like that's brock angle was more so like he debuted he wasn't you know within a month or two winning a king of the ring or doing anything like that within like a month or two it was like he came in he debuted in november 99 and it was just this like nice really good ascent over the course of a year he had that match at WrestleMania 2000 with the IC title and the European title, I believe, with yeah. Angle and Benoit, um, Benoit, Jericho and Angle. They did that whole thing where he's coming in. He's like, I'm going to win. I'm going to keep both my titles. No one can tell me otherwise. Jericho sucks. Benoit sucks. I'm the best here. Blah, blah, blah. And then he loses like both of them. And he's like crying and it's like funny. It's like, ha, ha, ha. Look at this guy. And, you know, that stuff like that's great. And he has some great like matches in there. And you're seeing him in 2000. What you're saying is, okay, this guy, is, he gets the timing. He's a really good talent in the ring. He can mix it with the best of them. And that's what made him, you know, ascend to the WWE title at the end of the year. Within a year, he was champion. It, was, it felt like fairly natural, generally. It wasn't like, okay, he's being forced on us. It's too quick, too soon. It was timed pretty well. And that was only a year. That shows how great he was, especially Kevin. 2000, that roster, oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God, 2000. So, yeah, I thought super impressive. I'd probably... Angle and Brock's different. I don't know your stance. I think you alluded to Brock. Probably maybe a bit more impressive. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say probably Brock, but the way Angle did it within a year in that roster, just ascending the way he did was incredible. Yeah, Angle... When you look at, like, Angle, he just... He was such a good gimmick in 2000. It was, like... He was a pillar of the Attitude Era in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, most people when they say Attitude Era, they they think Triple H, Stone Cold, you know, The Rock, Mick Foley, Undertaker. I think Kurt Angle's right there as one of the pillars. And Kurt Angle, like making his name in that time frame, incredible. Just shows how great he was, you know. And then on top of that, he was a pillar of the Ruthless Aggression Era too. So he was a pillar in the two most successful eras, really, in wrestling history. You know, so in terms of like just quality of shows, business. Buy rates like Kurt Angle was there in the mix and was the top dog for a lot of years. And it's really like it, it really is incredible. Like that's really just like something that you think about. You're like, man, like this guy just didn't know anything about pro wrestling. He didn't he didn't grow up watching it? He wasn't a fan. Didn't know much about it. And then he comes in and he just within a year takes it over, completely takes it over. 
Uh, have you heard the story about his ECW debut? Uh, Sharon Kevin? Yeah, so he, uh, so he made an appearance in 1996 um, in, in ECW. Because like, Shane Douglas, I guess, and him were friends. So he shows up as like a commentator it's like he's like a special guest like oh we've got this guy like he literally just won the olympic gold medals like we have the olympic gold medalist kurt angle in the building you know we're showing what ecw is all about and i want to say it was sandman it did like a whole like crucifixion angle where they had sandman nailed to a cross and kurt angle was like yeah i want nothing to do with this and just left it was like no i'm done and he trash kicked away from me yeah, exactly. Then he he's like, I'm gonna sue you. I'm gonna sue you guys for everything you have if you show me on television. So like they just in post wow. they edited Kurt Angle out of it. But That's Kurt Angle was like doing commentary. They were showing him on camera. You know, it was all like, Hey, I'm Kurt Angle. Olympic gold medalist here at ECW. And yeah, they cut all that out. But yeah, that's incredible, ain't it? Yeah, like you, you put Kurt Angle in that time. This guy is the, the best amateur wrestler in the world. He's defeating these hundred kilogram monsters from like. You know, these Mongolia, Kyrgyzstan, he beat Abbas Jadidi in the Olympic final. Like, he's beating these Iranians. Like, this is the most legit athlete, one of them in the world, with what he's doing. And to be in that situation where you're sitting there, you got ECW doing like hardcore niche, it's like, you'd say indie, but just extreme hardcore death wrestling at some stage. It's like, you're, he's probably watching this going, what the hell is this? Like, I, I, you know, he's probably thinking, I like some parts of this wrestling thing that this is just nuts this is just hold on hold your horses i want nothing to do with this for my brand so yeah that's a fun story and, then, and he was also offered a 10-year deal from wwe in 1996 but he turned it down because he told vince like i'm not gonna lose any matches i'm never yeah. gonna lose like he's like i'm a real wrestler you know i'm a real olympic yeah. wrestler like i'm not gonna lose and they were like all right man see you later have a good one <laughs> we'll yeah. get back to you yeah yeah we'll get back to you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so we'll he talk, like, we'll yeah, so he like originally thought that WWE was beneath him. <laughs> yeah, I think he told he told the story on his podcast. His podcast is it's, it's, it's worth the listen. It's pretty good. So yeah, he's just like Kurt Angle, like he tells stories about like everything he's been involved with in his career. It's pretty awesome. And he was talking about this how like he just he was an idiot for thinking that you know. Then he realized like wait I could make money like this could be my career you know like yeah. I like like I guess he after he turned the WWE de- the WWE deal down. He went to be like a, a sports anchor at a local like network in Pittsburgh or something, and he's like, "Wait, I can go make money and be famous like at WWE. Yeah. Like, who cares? I, I won a gold medal. Like, it, it's great, but what am I gonna do now? You know, or what am I gonna do yeah. next?" Like that, that's the thing. Like he could lose, and th- yeah, I love that. You know, he can lose. Like for instance, like a you know a hair versus hair match or whatever gimmick match he had in the early two thousands. No one thinks, oh, Kurt Angle's not a credible athlete because he lost that match. Everyone just knows him as he's the, he won an Olympic gold medal. That's, you know, he's an Olympic gold medalist. That on its own is such a sign of respect. Like, I don't know how you view that or the listeners view that, but to me, that's like he ascended at the top of something, which is so hard to do. He was the best in the world for, I mean, a year or a couple of years in the mid-90s at amateur wrestling, which is damn hard to do. So that right there, no matter what he does, no matter who he loses to, He's going to be legitimate either way. So, yeah, it's good he saw the light. It's good he turned to the AU pal. He came and he came and joined the WWF, Margot. He sucked the boon to WCW. Love it. Oh, my God. So, um, that was great. Great JBL impression. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Uso, your guy. Uh, let's talk about 
let's talk about this. Let's talk about his WrestleMania legacy, his WrestleMania resume, if you yeah. will, for a moment. Yeah. So WrestleMania 2000, he has a triple threat match, which you alluded to, with Jericho and Benoit. 2001, he wrestles Benoit in like a bit of a throwaway match, but it was still one of the best, if not the best, pure wrestling matches on that card. Had that, twice. Yeah, 2002, another throwaway match, kind of with Kane. But then like 03, it picks up. You know, 03, he made events with Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 19. One of, one of, if not the most infamous WrestleMania main events and moments in history. Then 2004 has a classic with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero's like first real title defense. 05, absolute mat classic with Shawn. WrestleMania 21 in Hollywood. One of the best WrestleManias ever. And then WrestleMania 22, triple threat match with Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. It was just one of the most feel good moments in history. Rey Mysterio got the big win. Um, Kurt Angle was champion going into it. He was a huge part of it. So that's that's six matches right there, right? And one of them is just an app. One of them stands out more from the others. You know, the, the match with Sean. That yeah. match, where would you rank it all time? The match against Sean? Yeah, like just all time, like wrestling history. Oh. There's a, I feel like that's like top 15. I feel like for yeah, me, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I f- yeah, I feel like for me, like if I'm showing wrestling to someone that doesn't like wrestling or doesn't know about wrestling, I'm going to show them that match. Like it's going to be at the near top of the list. If I had to pick five matches to, like, you know, it, it, it was a hypothetical. You can only watch five matches for the rest of your life sort of thing. Like, you, you can watch any more new wrestling at five matches. Angle Sean at 21 would be one of mine. So, I guess that, that's a top five match to me then. I don't know, objectively speaking, how you rank it, but I'd view it that highly. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, like, like a top five, top ten match of all time right there. Fred Angle and Sean. And then, I mean, it's just, like, he has a great main event with Brock. A great match with Eddie. And then a great triple threat match. Then the stuff he did on the undercard was really good too. And you could kind of say, you kind of argue, like, oh, Kurt Angle was never viewed as like a top star if he was like on the undercard of WrestleMania. Yeah. But it's not, I mean, that's not the case. Like, you're not going to main event Kurt Angle over like Brock and Hogan, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle was great and he got, kind of got lost in the shuffle. But he went out there and stole the show in those three WrestleManias. And made those matches great. What what do you make of Kurt Angle's WrestleMania legacy? His WrestleMania resume? Yeah, I'm trying to craft the take here. I'll say he has a... Because if Mount Rushmore's top four, he's either Mount Rushmore, he's just like one place off, one of the top four or five greatest WrestleMania legacies of all time, I think. I look at Sean as the greatest, and then you got The Undertaker. They're like the top ones. And then Bret Hart, I'd say, with all the matches he had. And then you're probably looking at maybe Austin. He's got an incredible WrestleMania legacy. And really from there, yeah, it's Angle. About Hogan. But this is the thing. Significance of matches, yes. Quality, ugh. That's the thing with Hogan. It's like, you know, the Andre match was the most significant main argument in wrestling history, but... You know, it's got the in-ring quality of a bucket of piss, if that makes sense. There's so many 40-year-olds that are so angry at you right now. It's hard to gauge. It depends what you view significance as. Some would view Hogan as clearly the greatest at WrestleMania, but it's like, you know, I don't know. But the point being here, Angle's WrestleMania legacy is top tier. It is. And you you alluded to the first three matches were good. You know, they were mid-card sort of good matches in that sense. They were, you know, they had their place on the card for... WrestleMania 17, it was the technical match of the night. At WrestleMania 18, it was just a fun match, generally against another big star in Kane. 
and then 2000 was the the you know, mid card titles, the triple threat element, all that. Then, as you alluded to, 19 through really 22 is that big sort of block for angle where you go Mania 19 main event, classic Mania 20 match, super underrated, damn good match. WrestleMania 21, one of the greatest matches ever, and 22, really good WrestleMania match. So that right there, as a four-year period, is excellent. I don't count 35. I just pretend that didn't happen against Baron Corbin. We just ignore that. That never happened. But yeah, just generally as a body of work, Angle, really good. He performed when the lights were on brightest. He did some of his best work in that situation. Not all top guys in wrestling can say that. They just can't. Um, some guys, quite frankly, you know, fail under the under those bright yeah, lights. Randy so. Orton is one. Yeah. He's the man. He is. He is. And yeah, some would, some have said Roman. I'm not going to get into that. We've discussed that, this in another podcast. But really, Kurt Angle is, yeah, top five, top six, top seven all-time WrestleMania legacy. I view, and yeah, I think that's pretty fair. So you think he has a better legacy than John Cena? Better WrestleMania legacy than John Cena and The Rock? Well, yeah, because Cena, since especially WrestleMania 30, has done nothing at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he had, Cena had once in a lifetime. I'm not discrediting Kurt Angle, but I think you might just be putting him a little high. He had his main event. He had, you know, he's had a lot of matches. Yeah. Cena, the Michaels match, yes, at 23. And then you'd say, yeah, Triple H match was pretty good. But there's a lot of stuff in Cena's one where it's like, you know, oh, if he faced Bray Wyatt, he faced Rusev. Oh, he, you know, he, fa- he lost the Undertaker in a minute squash match. Oh, yeah. he, yeah, he put he had... a, a funhouse cinema match. Oh, he lost to Austin Theory. Like, yeah, he had once in a lifetime, though. That's one match. And, and he had the, that great match with Sean, great match with Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, his crowning mm-hmm. moment was pretty big with JBO. I don't know. I mean, the once in a lifetime has a lot of value. That that, that carries. Yeah. That, that's like a legacy defining moment. You know, I, I would say Rock too. I, I think Rock has to go over Kurt Angle. I mean, look at Rock. WrestleMania nineteen. I mean, uh, yeah, WrestleMania nineteen, seventeen, fifteen. Those are three of the biggest box office matches in wrestling history. Seventeen, just an all time great classic match. Nineteen, an all time great classic match. Stone Cold's final match. You know, seventeen was the peak of the Attitude Era. And then on top of that, Rock has the Icon vs. Icon and Hogan, the Once in a Lifetime. I don't know. I think that's just that that trumps what Kurt Angle did. I think. I I'll take Angle's WrestleMania career over Cena's, but I'll take the Rock's over Angle's, if that makes sense. I think you, what you mentioned with the Rock, Icon vs. Icon, you know that Once in a Lifetime. Really, to me, Kevin Angle and Cena is always an interesting discussion. There's such good parallels with Angle and Cena because of. You know, that's the feud they had, how Cena debuted in July 02, I think, June 02, whatever. But the whole comparison's there. I've used Cena, you look at the longevity of a 20-year career, and only, in my opinion, three WrestleManias, which I'd want to go back and watch the match, like, right away. Once in a lifetime, Mania 23 against Sean, Mania 22 against Triple H. Those are, like, Cena's three. The rest of Cena's stuff, you know, they might... There's no no not many dud duds, but there's not much stuff which you're desperate to watch. Really, it's a bunch of like good, you know. It was fine. It was there. It had a purpose. It was okay. A lot of that, you know. Angle in a six year period, well seven years, there weren't any duds. There weren't any bad matches, and especially that run from nineteen through twenty two, you just go bang 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 bang, like just all time quality main event wrestling, excellent matches, particularly at twenty one, one of the greatest matches ever. I think that's pretty damn good. 
I do. I think it's better than what Cena's done. That's just me. Feel free to disagree. If you have another opinion, awesome. We encourage discussion here at Elite Hate Pal. Back to you. But I would put Macho Man over him too. Macho Man just like WrestleMania three. Yep. You know, arguably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Arguably the greatest yeah. wrestling match of all time. Certainly the most influential and most important wrestling match uh, of all time. Maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, you could say Montreal Screwjob is in there too, but yeah. um, just pure wrestling match that inspired a generation and people nowadays are still trying to emulate that match. Yeah. You know, and it's the basis for every formula that we see in a wrestling match right now. That alone holds a ton of weight. And then you, on top of that, he won the title the year after WrestleMania Four, won the WWF title, a big tournament. WrestleMania Five has just an absolute, um, just complete, perfect storyline with him and Hogan. Mega Powers culminated, or no, the Mega Powers exploded, if you will. They had a great match. You know, Macho Man was involved in that. And seven. Uh, WrestleMania seven. seven with Ultimate yeah. Warrior, his retirement match. Perfect, perfect storytelling. Great moment. Him and him and Miss Elizabeth. Macho Man's WrestleMania legacy is top tier. You know. Yep. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just. I think Kurt Angle, what he did in the time period he did it for, like a six year run, is damn impressive. So I think that needs to be taken into account. And really, moving on with Angle more so as opposed to these other guys who were doing a Kurt Angle bio. Kevin, I think as we've discussed, Angle when the lights got brightest, he performed. And he brought the best out of himself at WrestleMania, which is a big deal, I feel like. And it didn't take Angle many attempts. Right away, he was thrown into WrestleMania and he performed at WrestleMania 2000, a few months after he debuted. And ever since then, we saw some of the all-time great matches against some great athletes and competitors. So, yeah. There you yeah, go, let's talk more about his match catalog. Let's go a little deeper yeah. into that. We still got to talk about his TNA stuff, too. But yeah. let's talk about his, uh, his WWE match catalog. So, uh, hmm. Well, what was like his first classic match? I'm thinking, I don't know. Was it, hmm, was it that triple threat match at Invention So Two, or was it the maybe the SummerSlam match in in one with Stone Cold? A lot of people really love that one. Well, it depends. It depends what you define like yeah, like a classic classic. Because you know he had some pretty quality matches during 2000. At some of those like pay per views in the middle of the year. Yeah, you look at like the fully loaded, those sort of shows, and then you get to the back end of 2000, and you got, for instance, like the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match, which was really good. It's not like a all-timer, you know, five-star match, but matches like that. Angle was involved in a lot of just, you know, pay-per-views. We call them the B shows, not WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble, but shows like that. He was involved in a lot of pretty good stuff consistently. Um, but yeah, to give a specific... Uh, I mean, yeah, the stuff against Triple H at the beginning of 01 was, you know, pretty good. Like, I thought uh, it wasn't classic, but it was pretty good. Some Benoit, they did some really good stuff. I think that potentially. No, maybe not the WrestleMania 17 match, but, hmm. Royal Rumble 03 was great. Royal Rumble 03 is, is a classic yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a good way of putting it, Kevin, and I'll throw this to you for your thoughts, he was having a lot of pretty good to really good matches, you know, as soon as he came in because he's so great, you know, in 2001. Yeah. But he really, in 2002 and then on, when SmackDown became its own show, he really took off as a, a sort of, I guess, match performer on these pay-per-views. Because yeah. you get to 2002, you mentioned the Vengeance match and why you love it so much and why it's so great. I 100% agree. 
And then you get through the rest of that year. Then the Brock feud starts to take shape. And the matches with Brock start to happen. The Benoit match of the Royal Rumble 03. And it's really just classic after classic. He's just churning them out like it's nothing. So I'll throw that to you, Kevin. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Think SmackDown 6, that SmackDown era angle was sort of his best. It brought the best out of him from a match perspective. Absolutely. That was his absolute prime. Yeah. I mean, the, the match of the year in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 02 was, uh, was let's see, was uh, him and Benoit versus Edge and Rey Mysterio at No Mercy. That won the match of the year. I mean, I didn't even think about that one. That's another classic. Yeah, that's a classic. And he's had a ton. Just a ton. Uh, the Royal Rumble match at 03, him and Benoit. It's one match that I can still go back and watch. I know Benoit's in it, whatever, but I, I can go back and watch it. It's a great match. I can appreciate the art, what it is. Um, just, yeah, that time frame from 02 to 06, Kurt Angle was absolutely in his bag. Like that, that no mercy, not no mercy, um, no way out match with Undertaker in 06. Man, have you yeah. seen that one recently? Uh, I haven't for a little while, but th- that was just you know, that's one of the great February pay per view matches. Yes, like those shows, there's usually not many, nothing memorable happens to those events, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something that, that, that's a match. If you haven't seen that, if you're listening to this, you haven't seen that in a while, or you've never seen it before, Code Angle, Undertaker, no way out 06. Elite Heat as a show recommends that a lot. If you're gonna watch one angle match after this, just great stuff. Yeah, we definitely do recommend that. Uh, yeah. Um, what was? Man, there's one that's at the tip of my tongue. There was a match I should have wrote it down when I was thinking about this stuff earlier. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. But there was the Go rematch on. too. The rematch with Sean and Vengeance 05. Edit. Kidding me? One of the most underrated matches ever. Yeah. That one. Yeah. It never gets mentioned. Are you kidding uh, me? Like that dude, the match against Eddie, your boy, the match against Eddie Guerrero, that whole feud, yes. everything involving that. Like, oh, yeah. it's, you know, Cena, some of the matches that have been ever Yeah, Cena, I was going to say, like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. This is like yeah. a whole topic. Mm-hmm. He made John Cena. Kurt Angle made John Cena. Mm-hmm. John Cena had a very de- impressive debut. One of the best. That was all because of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle legitimized him from day one. I know Cena wasn't going to make it longer after that, you know, until he became a rapper, but, and then all the stuff, like the funny stuff he did with, with uh, Kurt Angle and Cena, the, the rhyming and that, those segments, iconic segments, he, he put Cena on the map and, and Cena owes Kurt Angle a lot for his career. I think Cena's mentioned that before in an interview, I'm pretty sure, almost like 90% positive. Yeah. I'll make this analogy, Kevin. Especially in that time period in 2002, that ruthless aggression era, the, the roster they had, the talent they had in WWE has been well publicized. It's talked about in that documentary series that WWE did a few years back. And you have all the, the top executives at the time say it. It was, you know, it was not kill or be killed at that time, but it was like a ruthless environment. It's trying to stand out and make it, especially when there's that many hungry talents looking to succeed. It was hard to do. WWE threw Cena in the deep end, quite literally. They gave him the opportunity with Angle. And Angle, because of how great he was, he was almost like a life jacket for Cena in that regard. He lets him stay afloat. He gives him the, the opportunity to learn to swim in that environment. And it was a massive success. It gave, it, it, quite frankly, as you allude to, it, it, it helped make Cena. And Cena, we've discussed Cena at length. He's one of the all-time greats now. But without that platform, you know, he would have been future endeavored at the end of 2002. This is a well-known thing. So... Yeah, Kurt Angle owes, you know, he, get, he deserves a heap of praise for that, what he did with John Cena, 
Yeah. And and another thing too about Kurt Angle, he's he's great at being babyface or a heel. It doesn't really matter. You know, he spent most of his career as a heel. And I mean, his theme song. How iconic is his theme song? Kevin, you suck. Like like just that. Dun, 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 you suck. You suck. Absolutely incredible. One of the most yeah. iconic, recognizable theme songs in the history of pro wrestling. And it just, it fed into his heel aura. And then it became, like, to a point where people chanted, you suck because they loved him and they respected him. And that's, like, what he's yeah. known for now. You know, one of the things he's, one of the many things he's known for. Well, like, I, I think about that, and, I mean, there's one segment on, they on SmackDown with Angle and Edge. And, like, the way these guys, because, I mean, the goal is to get the crowd to react. That's wrestling. That's just what they do. And the way they managed to do it, like, you need to watch it, but it's just so brilliantly done. Like, Angle plays the heel so well, and he's, like, he's, you know, yelling at Edge, and Edge is, like, he basically tries, he makes the crowd chant, you suck and Angle, like, in unison. The way they did it, I'm watching, it's sort of hard to describe. I'm just watching it going, this guy, this is just so good. Like, Angle can pull this off perfectly. Most wrestlers, this would be kind of corny, kind of forced. We've seen this in the last 10 years, Kevin, WWE shamelessly trying to get a chance over where you think, okay, just stop, just pump the brakes. With this, these two guys just out of nowhere just made the whole 18,000 people in the arena loudly scream, you suck at Kurt Angle. Angle's doing all the heel things. He's like, hey, shut up. He's like pointing at some people, shush. Ah, he's like freaking out. It's just brilliant. And Kevin, one thing I will say before I throw it back to you, Kurt Angle, very few guys can pull off the baby face really well and the heel really well. Some guys are all-time great heels, but not that great as baby faces. Some guys are, you know, the opposite way around, vice versa. You look at Angle, he can do both really well. And another thing, another string on Angle's bow, not everyone can make everyone look good when they work with them. Some guys, it just as great as they are, they just can't quite get someone else over. Kurt Angle was not that. Kurt Angle could get anyone over. He brought, as we mentioned with Cena, I love that example, he brought up to the level. And many would argue, some would say with Brock Lesnar even, like Brock was a great talent and he came in, he was this, as we've discussed before, this big force, this like, oh my God. But Kurt Angle with the few that had in SmackDown, I'd say elevated Brock substantially from there as well. But it went from great talent, next big thing to, okay, this Brock guy is like legitimate. He's not, he's not just some muscle steroid guy who Vince McMahon loves. This is a legit like main event star. And Kurt Angle was a big factor in that. So yeah, Kevin, I'll throw to you. Just let's praise Angle a bit more, pal. Let's discuss yeah. him. Yeah, let, let's talk about his TNA career. Uh, yeah. Then we'll, we'll circle back to like him overall and the way he ranks all time and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kurt Angle signing to TNA was it, not as big, but on the same level, the same stratosphere as when Hulk Hogan jumped to WCW mm-hmm. 10 years prior. And then it was similar, like, when Punk signed with AEW, similar kind of deal. Yeah. Kurt Angle, in a lot of ways, defined TNA. And he was TNA's biggest star. He was the biggest get they could get from WWE. He made, no pun intended, made the biggest impact on that company out of any signing, you know. TNA, let's say this. TNA had a perfect formula with Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode. Then you bring Kurt Angle into the mix. Get those young guys, get those young guys exposure. It was like, oh, it's Kurt Angle. What's Kurt Angle doing on his other wrestling show? Let's watch this. Like, I remember as a kid being hooked on TNA. And like, wow, oh my god, Kurt Angle's there. Like, I need to watch this. Um, and and the, TNA fumbled the bag in a lot of ways by just not pushing their young guys. 
and the guys that were company guys or originals, I should say. But when they brought in Kurt Angle, man, I mean, him and Samoa Joe, right off the bat, they have one of the best feuds in wrestling history. They won Feud of the Year in 07. They had countless memorable matches, one being that, like, kind of work shoot match they had back in the day, like, in the cage. Um, but, I mean, bro, Kurt Angle, he carried that company, really. So I'll ask you this. Do you think his TNA run, he spent longer time in TNA. I think he did about 11 years, 12 years in TNA in comparison to WWE. Do you think his TNA run, do you think it maximized Kurt Angle's legacy? Do you think it hurt it? Well, what's your what's your take on his time in TNA and his decision to to go there at his absolute prime and yeah, talk to us. That's a, a, a fantastic question. It just is. Um, it depends how you look at it because Kurt Angle stays in WWE, no doubt. He's probably there. You know, let's say Kevin for hypothetical sake. Angle has a WWE run till maybe twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Then he becomes maybe part time and phases out a little bit, something like that. And he probably has WrestleMania Classic after WrestleMania Classic. He probably has a, a five-star WrestleMania match with Cena. He maybe gives Randy Orton his best WrestleMania match. Maybe he has a WrestleMania match against Edge. Maybe he has a match against The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And maybe we're looking at him going, this is by far all-time like a Mount Rushmore guy. He had like 10 classic WrestleMania matches. He was a eight-time WWE champion. Not that how many times I held the belt really matters. It's a prop. But point being, he was this big main event star. Maybe that is the case. But I think with Angle, what he did and he taking his stardom and going, yeah, cool, I've had a really good WWE career for six, seven years. That's awesome. I'm happy. I'm content with what I've done. Let's try something else. Let's do it. Let's, you know, TNA Impact's a thing. I'm going to take a challenge. Like, I really respect that, you know, because the easy thing would have been to stay in WWE five to eight more years, have those classics, stay in that environment. But he went to... You know, those young guys, Styles, Joe, Rude, etc. There's a big list of them. Kazarian, Daniels, all the guys, those TNA Impact original sort of guys. And Angle had a huge impact. So when I look at that, I think Angle had a really good TNA career. I mean, there are, there are some highs, there are some lows. Kevin, when I tuned into Impact for the first time, this is a funny story I'll tell. When I tuned into Impact, Kevin, this was on a, a channel over here in Australia on Foxtel called Main Event. It was just the kind of like the pay per view sort of channel. They have UFC fights on there. Wrestling shows will be on there usually. I tune in. It's Impact. This is 2015, Kevin. And the first Impact match I ever see properly is Lashley, the TNA Impact Heavyweight Champion, versus Kurt Angle Hell in yeah. 2015. Hell yeah. And I mean, that was still a good feud. Like, that wasn't even bad. It was Lashley versus Angle. Pretty good stuff. And then they did something Angle and obviously Dixie Carter and. Angle and Rockstar spot an EC3. It was that sort of era for the TNA, which was, I mean, whatever. Like, yeah, is what it is. But point being, the longevity of this TNA run is really underrated. This is from literally look, end of 06, 07, through until literally about 10 years, just about, before it came back to WWE in 2017. So, mm-hmm. yeah, coming to answer the question, to put a bow on that, I do feel like if he stayed in WWE, he would have had one of the absolute all-time great careers. We view him at the moment, we'll discuss soon all-time placings and stuff, but I view him on a really top high tier. If he stayed in WWE, he probably would have been maybe a tick higher, but what he did for Impact was so significant. It really gave that promotion legs because without Kevin Kurt Angle, I mean, Impact's still going to be a, a big deal. They have a lot of money, a lot of backing from the Carter family and what have you, but it doesn't get to the level it got to. So, Kevin, I'll throw that to you. I'll let you answer that one. Kurt Angle, 
Did his legacy get enhanced much by the TNA thing? What were your thoughts? Talk to us. Uh, so I'll say this too. Let's give a little background on why he went to TNA. Hmm. Uh, so he he was working hurt, as we know. He worked with a broken neck, which yep. we didn't even touch on that either. Like the fact that he wrestled the WrestleMania 19 main event with a broken neck. That's nuts. Insane. Um, you know, he wrestled countless matches with a broken neck and a severely wow. injured neck. But that just uh, goes to show what an animal he is. Like he's not human. He's uh-huh. he's a different breed of person. Like that gets thrown around a lot, but Kurt Angle truly is a different breed than the rest yeah. of us. You know, Kurt Angle's literally built different than the rest of us walking around this earth. He's probably the toughest man at his, in his prime. He's probably the toughest man that you would not want to run into in a bar fight. You know. Yeah. And he could have went to UFC too. He talked about going to UFC. Thought about it. He could have done it with his wrestling background. You know, um, that would have been something if he would have chose to go to UFC instead of TNA. Brock was already there. You know, it could have been big. But so he was tired of working hurt. He asked for his release, and he kind of, he said this, I don't know how he said it, but he said this once in an interview, I remember hearing it, where he was like, oh, WWE would come crawling back to me, because I was the top guy, I was this, I was that, and he kind of like, out of ego, stayed with TNA for a long time, because WWE never reached out to him, really, and was like, oh, come back, you know, so it was just one of those situations where he's like, I'll show them, you know, and then he ends up spending 10 years there. He, yeah. do, he doesn't say that he regrets spending so much time in TNA, but he doesn't sound like he was thrilled, especially yeah. with the later years. Like, the first maybe four or five years were pretty good, but the later years in TNA mm-hmm. were not so great, I, I would say. Rockstar Spot, EC3, I just listed it like it was, you know. Yeah, he was like the, the GM or whatever. Good, good. Yeah, sorry, I'll just be quick here. There's the old match you think, you know, maybe one couple matches a year and, you know, like 13, 14, 15, 16 sort of time period, which were like pretty good matches. But on the whole, there wasn't much from a memorability standpoint, uh, like an ideal legacy sort of thing. But yeah, back to you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think you know, overall, his, uh, his TNA run, I don't want to say that it's insignificant, but it's not what he's remembered for. You know, that's not what people think of when they think of Kurt Angle. It's not what you're going to see on highlight clips of his career in 10 to 15 years. It's not what I'm going to be telling my grandkids about, you know. Like, it's just, it's, like, I don't want to minimize it and say that it, that it's irrelevant. Because it's not irrelevant. Because he made TNA what it was. He got TNA to the highest levels they ever made. They ever made it to in terms of buy rates and ratings and match quality. But Kurt Angle is a WWE guy. Like, that's what he's associated with. Like, yeah. he didn't have the impact no pun intended, on TNA, the way that Hogan did on WCW, you know, and the way that Punk has had on AEW. He didn't have that impact. It's like, yeah, it was like, oh, Kurt Angle's a big star, but it wasn't, he wasn't, he was never that, that next, like, he was never that next tier of celebrity, and next tier of uh, a superstar outside of WWE that, yeah. that Hogan was, and Cena, and, and even Punk, to, a, to an extent. You know, so it, I don't. I don't want to say that. It, like I said, I don't want to say it minimize his his legacy, but it's just not really what people will remember Kurt Angle for. You know, yeah, and he had great matches, great moments, um, and it was impressive that he went there and he worked with those guys and he was willing to put over Samoa Joe and put over AJ Styles and Bobby Roode and and all those guys. And and um, the main event Mafia stuff was great with him and Booker T and Scott Steiner. Gave us some all time funny moments. You know. Um, but I would say really after that, it was just kind of like, eh. like, we already talked about that, but yeah, yeah. I, it just, it, it was like, like, it was cool at first, and then it was just like, okay, this is like, 
go back to WWE, you know? Like, that's, that's where you belong. You know what I mean? And I, I think he went back too late. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll finish, finish your point. I've got a whole separate thing gotcha. going. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say this. I think he went back to WWE too late. I think he should have went back around, like, 2010, 2011, kind of tested the waters, see if he could perform mm. in that PG style. But, yeah, I think, like, that would have been good for him, I think. But, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with this being said, we'll touch on... So I'll ask this question, then we'll touch on maybe like the like the, the W return and like the, the final stuff we've seen before putting a bow on this later on. But I want to ask this question, Kevin, with what we just talked about being said, this first six or seven years of his career in WWE, we've discussed it, excellent. And then especially those first few years in TNA, the Joe feud, the main event mafia, all the great stuff there, putting impact on the map. Would you say Kurt Angle had the best... 2000s, so 2000 to 2009 of any wrestler? Hmm. You know, I was going to ask you the same question, just in a different way. So it's kind of, I, I was going to ask you if you think. Decade. Huh? So would you say it was the best decade? Because honestly, I look at guys in the 2000s, I mean, Triple H, Sean, these guys are a good Cena. Had a you know quality you know, Orton, those sorts of guys. But I think holistically, even the the matches, the main event status, what he did across multiple companies, you know, just all of the the entertainment value the whole time from this is the beginning of two thousand till the end of oh nine. I think he had the best two thousands of anyone in wrestling. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know. I think you kind of froze, so I was like talking over you. Maybe uh, you froze on my end, but. Um, same on same on your end. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you love that. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that I I was gonna ask you the same question, just in a different way. Like I, I was gonna ask you where does Kurt Angle rank amongst his peers, um, from that time frame from two thousand to two thousand nine. So it's kind of like yeah, we were on the same page. That's funny, but uh, for me, I think I, I think it's either Kurt Angle or Undertaker. If we're talking best two thousands, um, Undertaker really that's when he had his legacy defining matches. 05, 06, or 05, 07, 08, 09, WrestleMania, the legacy-defining matches, yeah. you know. Um, Shawn Michaels, you can maybe put in that discussion, too. Shawn Michaels was absolutely on fire, you know. But Edge? I, I, yeah, you could Edge. put Edge, yeah, you could put Edge yeah. there, but Edge spent a lot of time in the mid-card, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kurt Angle, I mean, from 2000, he's WWF champion. And then, oh, not, or then by the time 09 comes around, He's the biggest thing in TNA and the biggest thing outside of WWE and is still as relevant, still as big in, in the wrestling culture. Not a lot of guys from 2000 that started in 2000 made it to that that length. You know? um, Triple H is another one that I would throw in the hat. Triple H had uh, an incredible 2000-2009. He, he ruled that time frame with an iron fist. He was the biggest star on WWE TV until John Cena f- became the biggest star in like 06 uh, but it was Triple H from 2000 to 2006, really, dominating the scene. You know, I mean, we had Stone Cold there and The Rock there for a little bit, but Triple H was the constant in and out at full time, having big matches, making big stars. So I think those are the three guys, I would say, Taker, Kurt Angle, Triple H. Yeah. Um, I'm leaning towards Undertaker, really, to be, okay. under, to be the guy that defined the 2000s. Um, but Kurt Angle would be just the fact that he's there in that level on that level is incredible and I, before you go uh, before you go I'll say this too Kurt Angle 
and you can answer this afterwards. Is Kurt Angle is he the face of the ruthless aggression era? Is he the 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 top guy from the ruthless aggression era? Um, and I I think I think he could be. I think I think he could be either him or Cena for me. But I think you can make the case for Kurt Angle. That's a great question. I'll, I'll touch on just you mentioned. I love you mentioned Triple H. I think he's a really good other option for that two thousands, like the best of the decade sort of thing. But I think Angle's two thousands gets remembered more fondly than Triple H's. Triple H's is always oh the reign of terror this and oh he, he buried people and that's always he was like the the go to IWC like take the brunt of heat guy. If it was the Rock and the Attitude Era, then it was Triple H, then it was Cena, then it was Roman. That was the sort of like the progression. So Triple H caught the brunt anyway. That question there is Angle was Angle the face of Ruth's That's a great question. I mean, it's the same thing as this two thousands discussion. If he's not the face, he's one of is how I'd view it. Um, because I think he, I mean, Angle was involved in the segment with Cena that many people view as the start of it. That Cena when Cena debuted and had the back and forth Angle, a lot of people view that as like the definitive start where we could see this is what the era looks like in front of our eyes. Because maybe it was mentioned behind the scenes and it was discussed by Vince, oh, we need a new era, pal. We need rules of aggression. Ah, ah, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn. Maybe that happened backstage in like April 02. But really when they had that segment on SmackDown in front of the millions and in front of the world, that was the moment. So Angle's in that case involved in the, the start and he was so good for those years of that era. He was, yeah, I'd say one of, I'd say one of. What do you think, Val? Mm, we're talking faces the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, I think I, mean, it's, it's, I, I think it's Cena. I think it's still mm-hmm. Cena. But Kurt Angle, yeah, top. He's a Mount Rushmore guy. Top four yeah. ruthless aggression era guy. It's him. It's Cena. Um, yeah. And then you could probably go Triple H, Undertaker, or Randy Orton. You know, you could put Randy Orton in there. The Mount Rushmore, Randy Orton, Undertaker, Triple H, any combination of those five. That nice pose, yeah. pal. Hundred percent, hundred percent, pal. No, I, I like that. Um, do you want to quickly touch on the sort of WWE comeback or yes. a little bit they did there? Um, I'll, I'll give my opinion on this. This is in a part of time for wrestling where 2017. Look, Angle was like the big surprise around WrestleMania season. It was like, oh my god, Angle's back. That's cool. That was how it was presented when he returned on the Raw after Mania in 2017. Like, you know, didn't Vince come out and just like announce it almost? I was like, hey. Cool, Angle's back. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he announced that he's going to be, like, the GM of Raw. Um, and then, yeah, he had he had come back. I don't know if he was on Raw or SmackDown, but he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame or WrestleMania yeah, 33. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if he was on Raw or SmackDown in the lead-up to that. But, yeah, it was just, like, the night after WrestleMania, Vince was like, oh, it's great to have Kurt Angle back. Let's make him GM. I <laughs> know. Oh, and, like, I mean, there were some funny parts of that time. Like, it, as far as an era for wrestling, it's one of the, like the dark ages for wrestling. 2017, 2018, as far as the quality of what they're doing, it's some of the worst stuff they're doing from a, a writing standpoint. But it did have some funny moments. I mean, mm. I remember the, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing backstage where Owens and Zayn are having beef with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. So they're on Raw with Kurt Angle they're like backstage in his office. And then they're like, we please you need contracts. Can you trade us to Raw? We want to be on Raw. We're going to be big for your brand. And Angle, the Raw GM, goes, I heard Impact were hiring. I heard TNA were hiring. Like, like he's, he got a sense of humor even in, in 2017 yeah. when wrestling was you know, in the absolute bin. So, now Angle's just a funny guy. Uh, parts of that were entertaining, thanks to Kurt. But 
don't know, the angle joining the shield for like a night. I remember that. <laughs> that that's some of this stuff where angle all we'd come out and say is it's true in every promo and they, they drove it's true to the ground which we can talk about angle and catchphrases maybe a bit later with us like legacy all time but that got kind of driven into the ground with this return um i thought the stuff involving ronda rousey around wrestlemania 34 was good we'll get your opinion in a moment but yeah kevin just generally i thought the return run for angle that they, they sort of did water down on his like main phrases a bit we did still see some of the best of angle with some of those lines like oh i heard tna were hiring um but yeah there's nothing there's nothing you're gonna watch back going damn i gotta fire up my peacock gotta fire up my binge in australia gotta watch kurt angle's backstage raw appearances from 2017 so kevin that said over to you what's your definitive ruthless brutal thoughts on kurt perk angles final WWE return run from 2017 to 2019 talk to us pal well i was in the building at wrestlemania 33 so I was there when he he was kind of like uh, brought out when when the Hall of Famers are brought out at WrestleMania, and you know he he was the headliner, so he gets the big entrance, and it was cool to be a part of that audience that was like showering him with the "you suck" chance. It was like really <laughs> genuinely cool, and you can yeah. see it in his face if you go back and watch it. He just looked like he had that look of like this is where I belong, this is home. You know, I, I like like it ended really rocky, um, but you know, ten years later, I'm back. This is where I belong. And he had, he had a little run too on the independent circle I mentioned, where uh, he just he wrestled Cody Rose. That was like one of the highlights. He was wrestling Rey Mysterio. Like it was that weird time before pre AEW, like when New Japan blew up and yeah, um, the indie wrestling was blowing up. Ring of Honor was blowing up, and just indies in general. And you had Cody Rose out there, like I said, Kurt Angle was doing indies, like doing like what culture shows in England. Like it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you had guys like Marty Skrull, Kenny Omega, like all these guys that were blowing up. And Kurt Angle's just there, like it was just a, it was a really unique period for wrestling that it, yeah. it's kind of hard to describe to people who didn't live it. Um, but yeah, but, but seeing him back, it was great. Like I mean, those segments got really repetitive, just super repetitive with him coming out saying it's true. Um, but no, I was gonna see him back in the ring. I thought the WrestleMania 34 match was good. Uh, he probably should have left it at that. I would say. I mean, this is at that point that was a 51 year old man. With, who's been through several severe neck injuries, surgeries, and just like a drug addiction, alcohol addiction. He overcame a lot of stuff. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been wrestling. Let's just say, let's just call it spade to spade. He, I mean, he couldn't really walk. You know, his, like, his, he was like hunchback. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not great. You know, it, it's like when I think of Kurt Angle, I want to see Kurt Angle. You know, I want to see that guy in his prime. Throwing people around, doing suplexes, just doing everything that Kurt Angle did in his prime. So it was kind of, you know, that one time was good, that novelty act was great, the tag team match, you know, Ronda Rousey benefited from that a lot, having a guy like Kurt Angle and, and Triple H, just absolute ring generals, made Ronda Rousey look a lot better than she is. Um, but I think they could have left it at that. You know, the match with the Shield was okay. Uh, the retirement match was absolutely embarrassing. The Baron Corbin just. I mean, come on, bro. Uh, like, I think if Kurt could redo it, I think he would have said, I'm good. I don't need to wrestle. I'm good. Yeah. It, it was just unnecessary. It was like, it does nothing for Baron Corbin. It does nothing for Kurt Angle. Um, it wasn't a good match. Kurt was not in his prime. Uh, it was, what, like, in the middle of, like, a, a 15, 16, 17 match card that went six and a half hours, seven hours. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, it was happened about... 10 20 
ten thirty on a show where the fans have been out there for like six and a half hours already in like the baking New Jersey sun. Like it's just questionable. Yeah, that'd be we got Charlotte Flair like coming out of a helicopter at like twelve thirty my time, like after <laughs> midnight. Like, come on, bro. Like that was the original two day WrestleMania, pal. I know. <laughs> I know. That WWE did the this is the thing, people off thirty six was the first two day, and no it wasn't. Thirty five literally went for two days. Anyway. We'll, we'll leave that there. Kevin, continue. In closing, I'll ask you this, uh, Jimmy. We're going to get real serious here. We're going to get real, really down to it, pal. Where do you rank Kurt Angle all time? I rank him... He's on the same tier as Brock. He's on the same sort of echelon, maybe the tiny like one or two places below, like a Triple H. Like, it's not the top four, like, all-time Mount Rushmore. Kurt Angle, as far as, like, an all-round package, as we talked about, he's a Mount Rushmore guy from as far as the skill set and having everything. But he just was never, like, the, like, top guy of the promotion, really. You know, he was an impact, but we're talking about WWE mainly here. Um, I, to me, Angle, I'd say anywhere between about eight and anywhere to about 15 all-time depending on where you rank guys like Bruno and guys like Andre. It really depends in that regard. But to me, Angle is, yeah, he's, uh, he's top 10. Uh, I view Angle, he's, I rank him the same way you'd rank like Hakeem Olajuwon in like the NBA rankings where he's like usually, you know, 8 to 15 anywhere. I view Angle about the same. You know, he just, the skill set, as we've discussed, phenomenal. He had an amazing run, a great WrestleMania legacy, a great talent. He overcame quite a bit like, in the personal spectrum, which you mentioned briefly. With drug addictions, surgeries, pain, all this sort of thing behind the scenes. Angle overcame all that. So to answer, I'd say around 10 to 12, if I had to give you a placing. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, pal, uh, Nikola Jokic, you rank him top 50 all time, right? Certified. What, fraud cola? Yeah, well, I'm not going to touch on him. <laughs> no, Kurt Angle's solidly top 15 for me. Yeah. Um, I look at him, he's, on the, he's in that class of like, yeah, like Triple H. Um, you know, Randy Orton, Edge, Chris Jericho. I, I think that those all those guys get grouped together for me. Eddie Guerrero, uh, I'd say he's in that tier. I think Roman Reigns is in that tier now. Um, I think Seth Rollins is in that tier. Um, Getting there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't put him... I, I still have like guys like Andre and, and Bret Hart and Bruno over him. Because um, those guys, you know, those guys are like the Bill Russells and the Will Chamberlains of yeah. WWE. You know, they just, they were so important for the early mm-hmm. success that it, it would be disrespectful to the history of wrestling to overlook them, you know. Um, but, I mean, those two guys came from Pittsburgh, Bruno and Kurt Angle. Just Pittsburgh wrestling, I mean, represented by two of the finest, absolute finest competitors in the history of the sport. Um, but, yeah, for me, I mean, Kurt Angle, he's he's got... Like you said, total package. He's got everything. Promos. He can work heel. He can work babyface. He could have great matches. He could, have, he could brawl. He tried to kill Shane McMahon on several occasions. Um, you know, I mean, he could do anything. Literally, you could, like, there's not any, there's not a single thing in WWE that Kurt Angle cannot do. He could do moonsaults. He jumped off cages. Um, he did stuff that Cruiserweights did. He had great matches with Rey Mysterio. He had great matches with Kane. He had great matches with Undertaker. He had great matches with Sean. He, any style you put Kurt Angle in the ring with, he's gonna have a good match. But doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. You know, um, he's he's the most sure hand I think ever. Like you could you could say Kurt Angle could have a great match with anyone. You know, I I, I think 
there might be someone out there that Shawn Michaels might have a bad match with, mad with, uh, bad match with as great yeah. as he is. You know, Hogan, <clears throat> Hogan. Sorry. Yeah, Kurt Angle had a good match with Hogan. You know, that- um, he's just so funny, bro. Like another one, another just quick legacy moment is when he shaved yeah. his head. <laughs> Remember when he when when he shaved his head? He came out with like the wig. He had the 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 strap. Around his hair, the hair fell out. Like, come on, bro. That dude oh, is so funny, man. Are you kidding me? Kurt Angle, all time, top 15 all time. Solidly. No, he's a solid yeah. uh, top 15. One of the most decorated, if not the most decorated, pro wrestler of all time. Yeah, he's, he's on tier 1A. Like, if tier 1 is, yeah, Hogan, Undertaker, Cena, Austin Rock, Brett, those guys. 1A is, yeah, you mentioned the list there, you know. The guys are Triple H and... Like Angle and Brock are sort of like the top of one A, and then you've got you know your edges and Jericho's and Orton and Roman, and it's that sort of general. I, I think Brock is in tier one now. I think Brock is safe. Think? Yeah, I was gonna have to, I was yeah. gonna ask you this question: Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, like all time. I'm taking Brock. You're taking Brock. Okay. Yeah, okay, Brock is fair. Brock is solidly top ten for me all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brock surpassed. He surpassed Triple H. He surpassed Andre. He surpassed all those guys for me. Macho Man. You know, he's solidly above all those guys. He's had, I mean, come on, bro. He's had the, one of the greatest second halves of a career ever, you know. And since his return, he's been around for near over a decade now. And he's been, the, like, one of the defining wrestlers of the PGR. But nevertheless, I digress. This is about Kurt Angle. Yep. Uh, any last words on Kurt Angle? Uh, I mean, we've pretty much said it all by now. We've covered the career of Angle. Um, one of the great careers, you know, we, we've discussed this now, the... The star or one of the absolute top stars of the 2000s, arguably the face of the Ruthless Aggression Era, a 1A wrestler all time in that tier, one of the great talents all across the board. So, yeah, I think we covered it. Anything we missed? Any, like, what's your favorite Kurt Angle moment? If you're on the YouTube listening to this, comment it down below. If you're listening to us on, you know, Apple or Spotify or any other platforms, leave a comment, leave a review and, like, put your thoughts on Angle and that. Like, yeah, plain to say, but. Yeah, I think we covered it all. Kevin, any closing words from yourself, or are we good to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave this for you. Now, you, now you said Kurt Angle's one of those guys that didn't have a lot of flaws, you know? Like like you said with The Rock, he couldn't wrestle. You know, Hogan, same thing, can't wrestle. Kurt Angle's flaw is that he didn't stick around long enough, WWE. If Kurt Angle, I believe this, if Kurt Angle had stuck around, like if you think about those times, those dark times, when Cena was a top guy in 09, 010, when Kurt Angle's around, Kurt Angle's going to be the best wrestler in the company, you know? Fred Angle's the top guy, certified top guy at that point, you know? Um, and I, I think that's really the biggest thing about him is just his biggest flaw is, like, the what if, if he had stayed around. Um, I just feel like there's more to be desired um, from his career. You know, Kurt Angle should have been a top 10 guy all time, really. I mean, he had everything, you know? Um, just the, the personal struggles and injuries um, caught up to him, you know, and the wrestling through the injuries. But nevertheless, Kurt Angle's still top 15 all time. Not too bad. So, yeah, I mean, that's been that's been the podcast. Um, you want to say something else? Just, I, I love you mentioned that. We, we, I remember we were discussing this when we were talking about Eddie Guerrero one time. It was a similar thing. Obviously, the circumstances are quite different. Eddie tragically passed and Angle was just chose to go to Impact. But you look at those guys, if they were around in the PG era, if they were, like, they would have been the, the top, they would have been by far the most entertaining, just the natural entertainment value. They would have made anything work on any TV rating. So, yeah, the Angle's in that guy. There is a bit of the what if there. He would have been a tier one all time if he stayed in WWE for five to eight more years and kind of ended his run. I don't think him having a, a 20 straight year run in WWE like Randy Orton's had would have been overly beneficial for him. 
I think he does five to eight more years if he never goes to impact and then calls it there. But understandably, all this behind the scenes stuff with you know, the injuries and all that adds up. He goes to impact. We've discussed it. But yeah, no, I agree with the take, Kevin. Good stuff. All right. And that's for the podcast. Uh, tune in for more. Subscribe. Like the video. Check us out. We'll talk to you in the next one.